0: Hello, I'm Lakita and welcome to the Co-Create Work podcast where my partner Chloe and I talk about building and co-creating the future of work. We hope this podcast will be your weekly dose of support on all things work, leadership and personal development as it relates to creating culture for you and your team. Because one of our principles is to be a guide, we look forward to providing space for our shared learning and exploration while trusting your personal experiences. After all, this is what co-creation is all about. So let's co-create together. Hello, co-creators. Welcome back to the Co-Create Work podcast. And we are continuing our conversation around burnout. And this week, we are really narrowing in and talking specifically about burnout amongst your team, how it may impact your team and how it impacts your culture as well.
1: And giving you some tips for helping to take some action so that you can minimize your team's burnout.
0: Yeah, Chloe and I have been having a lot of conversations around burnout lately, been in a lot of discussion. And so we really wanted to kick this off just sharing some of the significant statistics around burnout. A recent Deloitte survey found that 77% of U.S. employees have experienced burnout in their current role and 31% of that burnout was due to lack of recognition or support from leadership.
1: It's also interesting. Mercer has found that insurance companies are rating mental health as being as much of a risk to health as smoking, which burnout isn't only mental health, but it definitely can impact mental health.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And unfortunately, we aren't prepared, right? Only 36% of employers were found to have something in place to prevent burnout. So as we can see, burnout is a significant challenge. You are experiencing it likely, even if you are not your team or members of your team are experiencing burnout. And so we really wanted to talk to you today about some of the causes for your team of burnout and some possible solutions, as Chloe mentioned.
1: And so let's dig in. So Lakita, I know with the coaching clients I'm talking to, the conversations I'm having, the number one thing I'm hearing is lack of recognition, which is really interesting because I think frequently we don't think about how impactful that is.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And when we are working with our team, when we have client wins, we aren't elevating them enough. We're not speaking to the team about the successes we're having. And also we're not really seeking as much to learn what is impactful and important to them to hear as a point of recognition. So we've heard a lot in the past about love language and that we can also think about that from a work perspective as well. So does this person prefer to to see the specific wins and write in and share it with the team? Do they just want a quiet thank you and message? Of course, you should always be thinking about how you can support and thank your team from A financial perspective as well through bonus and those elements, but just really understanding how important it is for us to not only see the success that we're having at work, but to be recognized for that success.
1: Yes, and recognized for the success, for the effort, for showing up. There's so many different things for which you can recognize your team and your folks. And to Lakita, your point, what's the way that's going to make them feel the best, connect them in the best way? How do they want to receive that recognition?
0: Yeah, critical. So we're talking about something that's like, hey, we have to think about this at a macro level. So what are the bigger recognition programs that we have as a company? What's our strategy around recognition? But also, what are our day-to-day interactions around recognition? How do we elevate folks? How do we connect with folks on the tools that we use all the time, the conversations that we have? So we really want to encourage you to think about this comprehensively.
1: Great. Next one on the list.
0: Yes. So next up is that we are not helping people connect to the impact that they're having. So as we talked about on our last episode, impact is so important. So you may hear from a client that this was amazing or a customer may have a write up that they shared with you or an experience that they shared is so important to be able to connect the team to those individual wins and that individual impact and how they contribute to that impact. You may have some roles that aren't client-facing or aren't front of house, right? Like in a restaurant or or anything like that. And it's really up to you to come back and say, hey, what you are doing here matters and here is how it matters. So folks want to be doing work that feels important and valuable. So you want to make sure that you are connecting them to that impact via examples and also connecting them to impact by are they growing, are they developing, and do Do you have a plan for growth and development for them that they are really connected to and invested in and engaged in as well? Both of those things really matter for this impact.
1: And the growth and development reminded me that for some folks going back to that lack of recognition, having those growth and development opportunities is recognition for some folks as well. So you're both showing the impact and how they're connected, but also giving them recognition.
0: Absolutely. 100% agree. And so that goes back to a refrain you'll hear from us a lot is that we have to have systems in place for this, right? So one, starting any system is going to help you to build systems that are going to support your team. And so we're saying this, if you're a team of two versus a team of 200 versus a team of 2000, we really want you to be thinking about this from a macro level and globally.
1: Great. Okay, there are lots of things that will lead to burnout. And we want to make sure we don't forget actually overworking people. They just really are being overworked.
0: Yeah, absolutely. That is a huge contributor to burnout in the pace that we work now. Particularly, we're seeing it a lot if there is hybrid or remote work that it's a on all the time culture. So a good example of this happening is you're sending Slack messages, text messages, emails, emails after work hours, on the weekend, in the evenings, if that's the schedule you work. And this has been consistently something. And sometimes we'll hear from leaders. They'll say something like, well, they don't have to read it at that time. I just need to get it out.
1: Or I've told my team, you don't have to respond to this right away. But that power dynamic cannot be ignored. You are the boss. You are the leader.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I would say if we are really committed here, there is no... Reason for us to reach out to folks after hours if we're really committed to building systems where we aren't doing that, that there is always a solution that we can come up with. And you all might have some feedback for me about that. And I'm okay with it because I think we can always work around this uh, so that we can give people true space and truly a break when it's time for them to have that break.
1: And just one of those really simple systems is delayed sending on emails. So you may want to work on the weekend. That's your choice. Make sure you're going back to our last episode, checking that balance that you have in your life. You can always delay that email getting sent out.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Love it. So the next one that we wanted to share with you is people having to manage your emotions. So people managing emotions of the leader or a leadership team, or other team members, this increases the likelihood that folks are going to burn out and that folks are going to feel overwhelmed. It creates a challenging culture back and forth. So we want to make sure that you are really thinking about how do I show up? How do I consistently manage my emotions well?
1: And really check in with yourself around that impact Right? Because you may think you're showing up in a certain way, but if you're not checking in and actually getting feedback around that, which can be tricky, because if you ask directly for feedback with that power dynamic and our human fear responses, those biological responses, you may get someone saying, No, everything's fine. That's a little bit of fawning kicking in. So, not just making sure that you think you're managing your emotions, but actually confirming that you are and that you're not impacted your team.
0: Yeah. And making a commitment to, as Chloe said, check in and you can get that feedback when you have built the type of relationship with folks where they can share honest and direct feedback with you. All of our goals should be to build more empathetic and connected workplaces so that a team member, if you ask, can say, hey, you actually did seem low energy on the call or you seem upset. Is this something we should talk through? We want to create that type of communication within workplaces. It is what we mean when we say transformational workplaces. So our hope is that you continue to work to create that type of space within the context of your organization where folks don't have to feel nervous or afraid to give you feedback. And one of the ways to avoid that is to be really mindful of how you're showing up and to manage your emotions effectively so that if something does get out of bounds, it's so rare that folks are like, this is not like Lakita. This is not like Chloe. And I can have a bit more grace in that situation. But if you are taking folks on a roller coaster, every time there's a meeting or every time there's a challenge, then it's going to be more difficult for people to give you the benefit of the doubt.
1: Yes, 100% the last thing that we wanted to talk about which is a scarcity mentality that can kick in especially with how things might be feeling with changes from the pandemic with shifting to a hybrid workplace to any economic factors that may be impacting your company your organization that scarcity mentality can lead to a couple of things one is overcommitting so Taking on more work because you're worried that more isn't going to come in. And we're going to talk about limiting beliefs at some point in the future. But for right now, that's what it may lead to. It can also lead to not just taking on more work, but taking on the types of work that aren't aligned to your shared purpose. So you can let yourself go, oh, well, maybe this client isn't exactly right for us, but we want the sale, we want the work, we want whatever. And that can really impact your team in two ways. One is they can feel totally overworked because you just are overcommitting. The second is the reason they chose to come work for you, that connection to your purpose and mission no longer is there if you're taking on clients work that isn't aligned to it. And that can really impact your team as well.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And just an additional note here for us to think about for folks, workplaces where there's in-person contact, that this can create a situation where employees are uncomfortable or where there's back and forth with customers. That causes a huge amount of strain if you think about news and other information that we've seen with healthcare workers, with folks who work in retail and restaurants. So no, we can't necessarily in some of those cases. Cases turn a customer away, but we talk about strategies with our clients because we have clients that are in person workplaces as well. About what are our community agreements? How can we be in conversation with our customers who come in? And so it's really important for us to think about all the different ways that employees may be impacted and how we can build systems of support within the context of our organization.
1: And could you give Lakita one example of a system of support?
0: Yeah, I'll go back to that community agreement. So one of our clients has a salon and there was just a lot of back and forth with customers as the pandemic was going on, as we were talking about things like vaccination and masks. And so we worked together with the leader of the organization to just write out community agreements. So it was posted very clearly within the salon when you got a reminder about your appointment. The community agreements were there. And guess what? Behavior changed. And folks who were like, I don't want to be involved with something where there's community agreements, they opted out. But it attracted the type of customers who were in alignment that, hey, we want to be respectful. We want to be connected with the folks who are providing a service to us. So. I would say if you're experiencing a problem like that, think of the ways that you can think outside of the box or think innovatively about getting to share connection and community with folks.
1: I love that. And what I have seen with that particular client and those employees, and also just thinking more broadly, is those employees know that their health, safety, et cetera, are centered, right? And so that centering creates connection for them as well. They also feel empowered to take care of themselves. And those are the types of things that you want to think about putting in place is how am I supporting my employees? How am I empowering my team to take care of themselves so that they do feel that support Et cetera. When I think about also this overwork piece of it, it's what systems do you have in place so that employees can raise an issue if it's coming up, can push back if they need to, so that you don't lose track of how much work folks are doing.
0: Okay, so with that, we've been in conversation about some of the things that may be contributing to team burnout. And so as always, we want to give you all some solutions and some steps because you all know we love a formula. Okay, so we're going to give you (laughs) at least five solutions to work towards supporting your team on burnout. And as we talk more may unfold from there. So the very first solution that we want to share is just recognition. And we alluded to that is we were talking about what happens when we don't do this. So write a process for yourself. If you don't already have a system of recognition, we want to ask you to go ahead and create a formal system of recognition. This is not limited to large companies. Again, our motto is always if you have at least two people, you have a culture that you need to uphold. We can even argue about just having yourself. But yes. if there is an additional person, then it's time for us to start to put some practices and systems in place. So what is your system of recognition? How do we congratulate each other? How do we elevate the work of each other, not only internally, but with our clients, with our community? So build that system of recognition.
1: And Lakita on this, because when I started working with you and the systems background you have from social work, it took a little bit for me to connect systems as the process systems versus I coming from technology, banking, et cetera, thinking actual technology solutions. That's not necessarily what we're talking about when we say systems, right? So what could a system be for a company of two people?
0: Great call out. I love that. So our practices that we do in an organization, how we communicate together, connect to a system. So if we think about anything where I am doing something and then that thing that I did will impact something else, it highlights for us that there is a systems level response that will happen as a result of that one action. So when we say systems in our conversation, sure, technological solutions can be included, but we mean out. A process whereby an action happens that is going to have impact on other areas or other things. So, systems level solution for recognition can look like on Slack on Fridays, we do a weekly roundup and we elevate the work that was done. We do a yearly check in with clients and ask them for specific ways that team members help them to win, that we are building in a system of recognition. And of course, we don't don't want to put any limitation on monetary recognition as well. So giving folks a system for bonus, a system for profit sharing, all of that is important as well.
1: Great. Thank you. I just wanted to call that out because I think sometimes people think systems and think really big, and it's not necessarily it's something as simple as that Slack reminder. It's something that could even be as simple as you have a calendar reminder to send those kudos out. Right? It's
0: our shared steps that we take or process that we take when we're responding to a certain thing. So thank you for that call out, Chloe. All right. Solution number two, Chloe.
1: Impact. So connecting your folks to their impact. We talked a little bit about this when we were talking about the lack of impact, but making sure that people are seeing that impact. And this one is so critical. And Lakita called this out as far as back of the house folks, meaning non-client facing folks who aren't getting that impact necessarily, but making sure that they're understanding their impact, that they're connecting to the shared purpose of the organization and to do that is to call it out, is to actually state that. What would a system look like for impact?
0: Oh, that's a good one. So one is professional development, because ultimately, one of the ways that we know we're having an impact, or we feel like we're connected to our impact is growth. So ensuring that we have a system for leadership development, for personal development for the team. Of course, another way that you can show impact is inputs from your clients and your customers and sharing with individual team members, how the work, that they do means that our work is successful as an organization. So that's just a couple of ways. And one thing that we would say is ask your team, what would be impactful to you? What would make you feel connected? What would help you know that you're doing your best work or you are in connection with what it is we're trying to do as an organization? Let's just ask.
1: Great. I love it. Which leads us to our next (laughs) Solution, action item, which is asking in a very systematic way. So an actual survey, which leads to intentional connection, which is another one of our five components of inclusive culture. So actually surveying your folks. And what have we seen, Lakita, as we've done this with clients?
0: Yeah. So Chloe mentioned it's our fifth component, which is intentional connection. And that means being connected to the culture and how people are actually experiencing the culture and their role specifically. So with that, we would like to recommend that you have a consistent process of surveying and connecting with your team. Typically, we recommend culture survey that happens at least on a yearly basis. And then we also recommend poll surveys that are quick surveys that can happen monthly, quarterly, but that you're getting that constant feedback loop from your team. It's really critical. And then, of course, that you're getting feedback about your specific leadership and anything that may be getting in the way for your team. So it's a process of checking in. Of course, you have to be careful because you don't want to ask questions where you get answers and then you don't do anything about them. So it's important that you communicate back out to the team what the results were and what actions you're going to take as a result.
1: Great. Thank you. I love the pulse survey piece as well, because sometimes we see that something's off as leaders and we ask questions and we're not always getting the information that we're hoping to get. And those quick pulse surveys, it doesn't have to be a big process or deal, but it's a great way to get that information
0: quickly. Yeah, absolutely. Completely agree with you, Chloe. And we love making it just a three What's a three question poll survey. And you get so much information from that as well. All right. So our next solution that we're recommending are working agreements and working agreements. I mean, Chloe, the five components are just coming up this whole episode. But working agreements are the shared agreements and language that we have as a team. Principles can be working Agreements, practices can be working agreements, but it's the shared rules that we agree to together. And we have shared language about them and then shared understanding of them. So when we say we value high integrity and partnership in our work, we both think about that the same way and we're held to it in the same way. So just a little aside about working agreements. So, working agreements, when we're talking through creating solutions to burnout, can be really impactful. So, Chloe mentioned earlier, as we were talking, talking through, reaching out to folks after hours when they're not working, you can make a working agreement about this. And you can say specifically, if you have something that is an emergency, here are the steps that we're going to follow. Otherwise, I'm always going to send messages on delayed delivery, or we are going to keep these meetings asynchronous. And here's the steps that we're going to do in order to do that. So it's a clear process and rules that we're going to follow together and be accountable for together.
1: One of the things that I have seen with clients over and over again that's so impactful is that working agreements create shared language, and that shared language and understanding helps to shrink that power dynamic so that people do feel comfortable naming what's happening because they have shared language to name it, to say, hey, remember we've got this working agreement, that's why I didn't respond to this email, there you go. or whatever that may look like. But it creates an environment where people can actually voice those things, that you get less fear response because they already know that those agreements have been put in place.
0: Absolutely. And the key thing that we see and we work on all the time is that if we have a working agreement, then we all have to be accountable to that agreement. And this is an area where bias can come in really easy and we create workplaces that are not inclusive. So we'll continue to talk about this in coming episodes, but I just had to give a note there, Chloe. So what's up next in terms of solutions?
1: The last one we wanted to talk about today was who our clients and customers are where we have control over that. So what that means is we are very intentional about who our clients are, who our customers are. It ties back to that shared purpose. It even connects to our working agreements. If we have customers or clients who are treating employees in ways that are outside of our working agreements, that's an indicator that that may not be the right client or customer for you. And that goes back to the example you gave about our client in the salon is that was their community agreements. And that made a decision about who their clients were, right? And some of their clients opted out and that's okay.
0: Yeah, absolutely. We just want to be clear on client selection and always continue to think about client selection where we have a choice with clients and where we don't that we're really clear about. Here is how we want to be in partnership together with you. Do you want to opt in to, you know, this shared purpose and what we're trying to create as a community together? And then I know, Chloe, you mentioned that was our last solution, but one that I don't want to miss to work on Burnout that people are having the opportunity to take time off, that we are offering paid time off, we are offering vacations. And when folks have to do something or need to take care of family, that we create space and the means to do that as well. It's the ones that's kind of obvious, but I just want to make sure that we name it and encourage you to think about your leave policies, ensure that they are supportive of people, ensure that they're clear and it's easy for people to leverage that leave. We are also huge advocates of the four-day work week. We're challenging the folks a little in this episode, Chloe. We're gonna get some <laughs> <laughs>
1: some, some feedback. Some
0: pushback. Some, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but where possible, when possible. And we would say in more places than you think, you could do a four-day work week. So just thinking. How can we really make space for folks to feel like they can fully engage in all areas of their lives? And we talked about this last episode for you. So how do you do that for yourself and how do you create this space for your team?
1: So quick summary. Here's the action items that you can take and think about. One, do you have systems in place to recognize your team? Two, how are you making sure your employees are connected to the impact that they're having in your shared purpose? Three, how are you getting feedback from your folks through surveys, through other means to know how they're doing? Four, do we have working agreements in place that support us doing our best work and being able to show up? the way we want to show up. Five, have we reviewed our clients and who they are, where we have that control and made sure that they are in alignment with who we've got? And then number six is leave. leave. How <laughs> does that look? How are we supporting our folks not working, right? Being outside of work and having the time and space that they need?
0: Yes. So this was the episode around team burnout, some of the causes and what you can do to help avoid team burnout. And and knowing this audience and your commitment to leadership, we know that you're going to have some learnings from this and put some things in place. And we would love to hear from you about new things you heard here that you tried or things that you are already doing to reduce burnout in the workplace. So thank you as always. And we appreciate your leadership.
1: Thank you for tuning in. For any resources referenced during today's episode, you can find that information in our show notes at cocreatework.com slash podcast. You can also connect with us on Instagram at cocreatework. If you have any questions about this week's episode or transforming the future of work, we would love to hear from you. Please email us at podcast at co-creatework.com. And don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review the CoCreate Work podcast on your favorite platform.